Hello and welcome to Parsha for Non-Revitans, where we spend up to five minutes discussing Parsha's Hashavua. So you don't come to the table thinking, wait, what Parsha is it this week? We'll start with a brief recap of the Parsha and then move on to a short thought. I'm Esther Kurtz, your resident non-Revitan, and let's do this. This week is Parsha Svayeshev. Buckle up, it's time for some family drama. It just starts off with Yaakov settling in Canaan, with how he loved Yosef best from all the rest, and gifted him with a Kisona's possum, which made his brothers jealous. And then, to rub salt in their wounds, Yosef told the Shvatim about his dream, which basically said that one day he would rule over them. So, yeah, they didn't like him too much. A little while later, Yaakov sent Yosef to check up on the Shvatim's whereabouts. As Yosef approached the Shvatim, they plotted to kill him, with Ruvain suggesting that instead of killing him, throw him in a pit. So they did that, but not before taking the Kasona's possum from him. And while Yosef was in the pit and the Shvatim were eating, Yishmaelim traveling to Mitzrayim passed by, and the Shvatim decided to sell him into slavery instead. And then the Yishmaelim sold Yosef to Potivar. Dipping the Kasona's possum into blood, the Shvatim showed it to Yaakov, who assumed Yosef was killed, and Yaakov was utterly devastated. We interrupt this family drama to interlude with another saga that of Yehuda and Tamar. Yehuda married and had three sons. The first one married Tamar and died before they had kids. The second son married Tamar to do Yibam, but they didn't have kids either, and he died. Yehuda did not want to give his last son to Tamar because she seemed to be a bit cursed. Tamar went back to her father's house to wait. In the meantime, Yehuda's wife died and Yehuda traveled for business. Tamar dressed herself up as a Zona, covered her face, and sat by the crossroads. Yehuda didn't recognize her, was intimate with her, and when a few months later she was visibly pregnant, Yehuda said that she should be burned for snus. At the last moment, she revealed Yehuda's staff and ring that he had left behind when they were together. And Yehuda, realizing what happened and why she'd done it, admitted he was the father. Tamar was free and gave birth to twins, Zerah and Peretz, the progenitor to Mashiach. Getting back to Yosef, he was in Potiphar's house, was super successful. Potiphar put him in charge of everything. And then it all goes to pot when Potiphar's wife starts making continuous advances on him. Yosef kept on rejecting her until she lied and told Potiphar that Yosef was the one hitting on her. So Yosef was thrown in jail. But Baruch Hashem, the warden liked him and put him in charge of all the prisoners. The last bit in the Parsha is the story of the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Opim. Both thrown in jail for crossing Paro, both had dreams. Yosef interpreted both of them. For the Sarah Opim, he said he would be hung. To the Tsar Mashkim, he said he would be released, and Yosef asked the Tsar Mashkim to remember him and mention him to Paro. Everything Yosef interpreted happened, but alas, the Tsar Mashkim forgot about Yosef, and Yosef stayed in jail for another two years. What a cliffhanger. Let's move on to a small thought. This parsha contains an Arachayim that my husband and kids are sick of me talking about, so I'll tell it to you instead. Remember in the parsha recap how the Shvatim thought to kill Yosef and then Ruben said to throw him in a pit? Guess what? There's more going on there than Ruvain's benevolence. So when the Shvatim see Yosef coming from a distance, they plot to kill him and say, Hine bal ha-halomos ba. Behold, the master of dreams is here. They weren't stopped making fun of him. The dreams Yosef asserted were Nebua, and the Shvatim thought he was a Navi Sheker, and therefore Chai of Misa. The Shvatim were thinking, let's kill him and see what happens to his dreams. Then we'll know it wasn't anything, because he's dead. And then Ruvain intervened, and the Pasuk says, Vatzilehu miyadam, which is generally understood that he saved Yosef from the Shvatim's hands. But the Arachayim says Ruvain was saving the Shvatim from their own hands, their own free will. 
And here's where we learn something axiomatic about free will. Our free will can affect others. And here's where we learn something axiomatic about free will. Our free will can affect others. So much so that it can cause death to someone that wasn't meant to die. Hashem will seed his will to ours. That is how important us having free will is. In that case, if the Shvatim kill Yosef, then it might have just been them exercising their free will. And it means nothing about the dream's authenticity. So what did we even propose? Throw him in a pit with scorpions and snake. Put him in a real sakana, but a sakana of nature where Hashem has complete dominion. The scorpion only stings if Hashem says so. If Yosef dies there, then it's because he was meant to. There was a decree upon him, not because of the Shvatim's free will. There's a lot more depth to seemingly simple family drama. The Shvatim weren't simply petty siblings fighting. Don't ever think that. Do think about your free will, though. Wishing you a good Shabbos. See you next Parsha. Have questions or comments? Email me at amuna4nr at gmail.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H, the number four, N-R at gmail.com.